Hello, everyone, and welcome to Level the Field Leadership. I am very, very excited to have you guys with me today because today we're going to be talking about a topic topic that we all, I don't care who you are, what position you have, if you're a human being walking around on planet Earth, you are going to have to have what is called a difficult conversation with another human being. It comes up, it happens, sometimes it happens in our place of work, sometimes it happens in our personal lives. And so I hope that the things that we talk about today can kind of give you a guide to help prepare you for having to have these conversations with the people in your life. But before we get there, let's do some housekeeping um, items. So if you are new to the podcast, I just want to say welcome. Very happy to have you here. The whole purpose of this podcast is to level the field of challenges you encounter in the work environment to hopefully give you the tools necessary to correct um, any issues or if there's something about your leadership style that you want to do a little bit differently, which, by the way, everybody's a leader. You don't need a title to be a leader. Moving on. I do believe that workplace burnout is very real and anything we can do to reduce fatigue and burnout in our lives is is certainly worth doing. I do try to post on the second and the fourth um Tuesday of the month. So if you are returning, welcome back. Super happy that you have decided to come on this journey with me. Please, you know, leave leave a remark, leave a comment, share it with your friends. Um, let other people know about this. This should not be a journey that we walk by ourselves. And, and I really believe that over time we can we can get better if we just stay consistent with it. Um, if this is your first episode, no pressure, but if you happen to feel inspired to share it with others. We greatly appreciate it. And as many of you know, I do like to base each of our topics around scripture. So today's scripture is Ecclesiastes 3.7 that says, there is a time to keep silent and a time to speak, which is so relevant to what we're talking about now, because hopefully you've gotten to a point where you know, okay, I need to have a conversation with this person and I've been quiet, I've been quiet, I've been quiet, but it's just like that nagging feeling you can't seem to get rid of. So now it's time for you to take action and it's time to speak, but we want to make sure that we do this in a manner that doesn't damage the relationship, right? Like you always want to make sure that you're having a conversation with somebody and you're addressing the issue, not attacking the person. So it could be, you know, today that you need to have this conversation. It could be next week, it could be a few months from now, but you will ultimately as a leader need to have a difficult conversation with someone. And I'll be honest, I mean, you can run. That is absolutely positively an option. Like nobody is forcing you to have this difficult conversation with somebody. Well, somebody might be forcing you, but I certainly am not forcing you to do it. I mean, you can completely ignore it. You can pretend that it's not there. You can pretend that it's going to take care of itself, but you are a actively engaged leader and that's not your style. So we're not going to run from issues. We're not going to avoid them. We're going to face them. We're going to get get stronger because of it. And we're going to strengthen our leadership's um, abilities and our team because we are having these conversations. So it could be about performance issues with another person. Um, maybe you're dealing with a situation where you have to lay off some, you know, a group of people. Maybe it, it's a, it's a just a a cultural fit, or maybe there's there's been some performance issues, and so you're having to terminate somebody's employment, or maybe it could just be that you're really tired of this person stealing your lunch. I mean, it it really it could be any number of things. A difficult conversation is difficult because it's hard for you to talk to that person, um, and maybe it's a sensitive topic. So maybe you're having to to have this conversation with someone because there may be some hygiene issues. Which, by the way, I've had to have that conversation before. It is not pleasant. Um, 
and you can always DM me and I'll, I'll be happy to share that, that story with you on the side. But ultimately, your desire to be transparent and truthful with the person should be stronger than your desire to remain comfortable and not say anything at all to them. And I think that that is worth repeating. So as a leader, your desire to be transparent and truthful with the person should be stronger than your desire to remain un- may remain comfortable by, you know, not saying anything, keeping your mouth shut. Like that's just not okay. And leadership is all about service. So you're not serving people if you continue to withhold or not be 100% truthful with them. I mean, the fact of the matter is you are there to help other people get better. And if you are not having conversations with them, you're not helping them. So so while the conversation might be really difficult in the moment, long term, the person will come back and appreciate you for being truthful and honest with them. The temporary struggle is minimal, the long term gain invaluable. But how do you go about doing this? How do you go into a meeting, into a dialogue with someone knowing that you might say something that might hurt their feelings, might rub them the wrong way? Well, I'm all about it. I'm all here for it. We're not going to run from challenges. We're going to face them. So I'm going to give you four things to do if you're in this situation. So before you go talk to the employee, give me, you know, 20-ish, 30-ish minutes of your time, okay? So first and foremost, do not, and I repeat, do not go into this conversation half-cocked and running high on emotions. Not okay. As I I tell my students in our, our psych classes, if people can control your emotions, they can control you. And as a leader, you know that once those words leave your mouth, you cannot put them back in. So it's super, super important that you are mentally in a good headspace. You're not emotionally overwhelmed with anything, that you're not super stressed out about something else that's going on. Um, you want to make sure that you are not hangry. So if you if you know that you know your emotions can kind of get off the rail if you haven't had lunch, well, guess what? Make sure you eat before you go talk to this person. Make sure you got to have a good night's sleep before you go and talk to this person. Like all of those things matter. So take time to to make sure that you're in a good headspace, that that you are in a position where you can talk to them and you're not going to let your emotions kind of run amok. Okay. you also want to take some time to gather your own information. So you want to make sure that you have all of the pieces of the puzzle whenever you go in to have this conversation with somebody. If you go in and you're making assumptions and you don't have the details, you're going to be sitting there with egg on your face. Okay. So is there another way that maybe you can perceive this situation? Is there something that maybe you missed? Is there something that maybe you don't fully have quite right? Maybe you just don't know the policy. Maybe you need to go look up that information with your organization before you go in and start you know, chastising the employee. So gather, gather, gather your conversation. And you may not necessarily have all of this information at your disposal, but Maybe whenever you're going into that conversation, these are the key questions that you need to ask whenever you're talking to them about whatever it is that might be going on. So that way you can have clarity on what is happening. Um, They can give you their side of it. They can really kind of paint the picture of what is going on. And then you can decipher between what is true and not true about the situation. You can kind of read their behavior, et cetera, et cetera. All right. So that's item number one. Um, we're still in the, and we're still in the preparing and planning stage, right? So something else that I want you to think about before you go into this is just to consider when and how you will have this conversation. So here's a little side hint. If this is a difficult conversation, it is never, and I repeat, never 
okay to have this conversation via email or a text message. Like that is, oh, that is a quick way to just boil me alive. It's like, if we have to have a, a serious conversation about something that is truly pressing, then we need to set up a time for the two of us to talk because so much information can be lost whenever you don't have those nonverbal cues. So it, it, it can, it just sounds so much differently coming from the person whenever they're speaking it versus them writing it all out. And then hopefully the other person's in a good frame of mind and they can interpret correctly, et cetera, et cetera. Now I'm a big fan of the follow-up email. So after you have this conversation, it's okay to then send a, so glad we got to talk today. Here's how I understand. But if going into this and you're, you're broke, you're, you know, approaching this person to have this conversation about this topic, you want to make sure that it is face to face. Um, if you absolutely positively have to do it, maybe with a phone call um, or you have to do it online, you know, make sure that you've got that video component and there are a ton of options out there. So you've got Zoom, Team, WebEx, a thousand mediums, FaceTime, whatever. So there really is no reason for you to miss out on the nonverbal cues from the individual. And like I said, I would always, always, always say that these need to happen in person. Um, if you can't be in the same location geographically, then do everything you can to see those nonverbal cues. I mean, these are just super, super important. And if you know the other person is like maybe like rushing to a meeting or they're up against a really tight deadline, that is not the time to have a conversation with them. Like both of you need to be in a calm frame of mind to really and truly have this successful dialogue. And if you're pushing to have this conversation when you know that they really can't, okay, well now you're just being bossy and you're trying to force your will. Um, you don't want for the other individual to, to delay it and delay it and delay it and delay it because now they're they're avoiding you, which is not okay. But you do wanna make sure that both of you are in a good headspace to sit down and have the conversation. And then before you actually go in and have this conversation with someone, last thing for the, the prepare and plan stage, I want for you to take some time to practice your opening argument, okay? I have a couple of lawyers that listen to this. So shout out to the lawyers. Oftentimes you guys kind of get a bad rap, but they prepare for their opening statement. Whenever they know they have to go to, to trial, they're going to prepare that opening statement because they want to make sure that the jury um, is in a certain frame of mind whenever they go up to present their case, right? Well, while you you're not necessarily a lawyer, well, you might be, but most leaders are not necessarily lawyers having this conversation because um, you certainly don't want it to be an interrogation towards a person, but there should be no doubt about what your position is, what your observations as their leader is, and what your expectations for this person are, and how that person is not meeting your expectations. So, you know, again, you can always send the follow-up email after the fact, but you've got to lay that clear opening statement to help them understand what it is the two of you are going to be discussing what you've observed and how maybe their actions have led to the two of you needing to have this conversation, okay? So that opening argument is not crystal clear. And if it's not written in a manner that is, here are the things that I have observed, um, here's here's some, some, some issues that I see occurring. You know, if you haven't practiced that opening statement, then it can be really easy for your your words to kind of get flustered. And then you, well, I didn't mean that. And then before you know it, the conversation has derailed and it, the situation's worse than what it should be. So prepare, prepare, prepare. Um, it doesn't hurt to plan ahead and not to say that you should sound robotic, but you should certainly have an idea about what it is that you want to discuss when you're going into these meetings. Okay. So that's item number one, prepare and plan, PMP. 
Got it? Okay. So now let's look at item number two. So you prepared and planned, you scheduled the meeting, the two of you are going to meet in whatever conference room on, you know, Wednesday at two o'clock in the afternoon. Okay, cool. When you're having this conversation with the person, you never want the other person to feel attacked. So remember, we are addressing the person's behavior, not their personality, not their intellect, not their physical appearance, not the fact that they they drink, you know, unsweet tea instead of sweet tea. But, you know, we want to really address the behavior of the person with the work performance that they're doing. Okay. And whenever you're talking with this person, you want them to understand how their behavior impacted everyone else. So oftentimes people will go about their jobs and they don't really see the big picture. And then especially if they get stressed out or if they've got personal things going on, you know, they just have their head down and they're trying to manage it the best they can. And they don't fully understand how what they do or what they don't do kind of gets in the way of everybody else being able to do their job. So this is where you really want to open yourself up and be transparent. And you need to let them know that, look, whenever you do X, Y, Z, you put extra strain and pressure on this group over here and they can't do their job because there's there's a breakdown in the in the communication part. Right. So let them know what it is that you observe. If it's something that's directly impacting you, then you should let them know, like, look, when you when you don't respond to emails, um, you kind of leave me in limbo and then I just go in to take care of it. But then you have to come back and do it again whenever you just told me that you did it. Then we both wouldn't be doing double work like, you know, you got to you got to kind of paint that picture for them and get them to see what what the issue is outside of their immediate role. And usually when you explain the situation to people in this kind of language and again, you're addressing the issue and you're not attacking the person. You are showing them how their lack of follow through impacts everyone and lets them know what could possibly happen as a consequence, right? So in doing this, you're helping the person to see the situation on a much broader scale and helping them to understand what the end consequence will be. And most of the time, most people just just simply don't know, like they don't they don't realize how in depth it is. So by you taking the time to share this with them, it helps them to see beyond their job and connect with them with the organizational system as a whole. There's a ton of research out there that talks about the importance of employee engagement. And if you have an engaged workforce, then you have a productive workforce. I mean, the correlation between employee engagement and profits are huge. I mean, there's a, there's so many organizations that that I can think of that whenever you go and you you know, go to their store, you go to their restaurant, if the employees are engaged, you're going to want to return. But if the employees are not engaged or they're off on their phone or they didn't get you what it is you needed, well, the chances of you going back to that establishment are very small, right? So have that conversation, help them to know what is going on. Um, and now we have to, we have to understand too, that I believe in free will. So there is a very, very, there is a possibility that they could say, Okay, yeah. So I don't I don't care if my lack of work impacts all these other people. Like that's not my problem. That could very well be the response that you get, okay? But how they respond to you once you've had that transparent dialogue and you use these I statements, their response will tell you what you need to know about where the person is on the issue. And that leads me to item number 3, which is active listening. So there comes a point in time where you will eventually have to stop talking. And for my extroverts out there, I know that this can be a little challenging for you, but eventually you will have said everything that needs to be said. 
You don't need to keep explaining your side of the issue. You've, you've painted the picture, you've used your I statements, you've talked about how their work impacts everybody else. And now it's time for you to just listen to what the other person has to say. So in this category three or this step three of active listening, there are an additional three things that I want for you to think about. So number one, whenever you're listening to their response, are they taking ownership in their part of the problem? So that's item number one. Do they take ownership in their part of the problem? Again, most of the time when there are issues in the work environment, it's because both people drop the ball. So in your opening conversation with the person or your use of I statements, you have the opportunity to claim some of those issues, you know, but if they're not willing to claim any of theirs, they're part of the problem, then that that kind of is, is really revealing. And that will tell you where they're at. Um, and it will tell you the chances of there being some sort of um, correction to the issue, right? But you always want to, to listen for that. Are they willing to take ownership in their issue of the problem? The second thing I want for you to listen for when you're doing this, this active listening, so I want you to hear their tone. And you really want for you to pay attention on if they care about what it is you're saying. So if you've spent time telling them your perspective, excuse me, and how your be their behavior impacted you negatively, and they spawn with a, well, I don't care. Well, then you as the leader, you need to make it abundantly clear that if the behavior continues in the future, then they will not have their current position, whether that be they get moved to another department or they then become customers instead of employees. Right. So you as a leader, you need to make sure that you're listening to that tone and, and really kind of gauge what their attitude is on the situation. Um, because quite frankly, if you have people on your team that don't care about their job and they openly show that they don't care, then it's time for you to put a plan in place. And like I said, to have them be removed either from your team, from the department, or perhaps they are no longer employees at the organization. Um, I have a colleague of mine, she says, we are going to convert you from being an employee to a customer. And that's her nice way of saying, if you don't do what you're supposed to do for the organization, then your services will no longer be, be needed here. But hopefully you'll be willing to purchase our services in the future. So only only you can really make that determination on, on um, how that person's tone is coming across. But as the leader, you certainly want to make sure that you've set those expectations um, if it's something really critical, then you may have to put a performance plan in place. You may have to do your write-up process, whatever that looks like for your organization. But quite frankly, if you don't address it and find a way to either A, change their mind or remove them from the team, this person will bring the rest of your team down. People will see you're not handling the team. You, they'll be able to see that you're not holding everybody accountable and people will lose trust in your ability to lead. I've seen it happen time and time again. Ugh. Please don't test me on this. <laughs> I, I promise you it, it is going to happen. Um, and if you don't believe me, you know, if you want a little bit more information on this, go listen to episode 63, because I talked about three things that are hindering your team. And I, I went into this in a little bit more detail in that particular episode. So go, li go listen to that, but listen to this person that you're having the conversation with, listen to their tone. Um, but on the other hand, so I like to think more optimistically. So Let's say you do have this conversation with them and you, you know, use all the I statements and you paint the picture of how they're impacting everybody else negatively. And they lead off with, oh, man, I wasn't aware or I'm so sorry. I didn't know um, something that shows any sort of remorse for the situation. 
then that's when I want you to move on to this final step, step four in this whole how to how to deal with difficult conversations um, episode, because the other person is in a receptive frame of mind to make changes. So if they're not in that receptive frame of mind, that that's where you kind of come at the crossroad. After you've delivered your I statement, you've painted the picture. We are now at a crossroad, depending upon that person's tone of which way you as the leader will go. OK, so just to kind of recap. First and foremost, we are going to prepare and plan to have this conversation. Second of all, we're going to use those I statements when we're talking to the person. And then third of all, we're going to stop talking and we're going to engage in active listening. And then the fourth thing that I want for you to do after, after you've, you've made your statement, you planned, you made your statement, and you listened to the other person, now I want you to focus on solutions. And I know sometimes this can be really difficult because sometimes we want to keep bringing up the past and keep talking about the problem and things like that. That is not productive in the work environment. We've got to have a short memory sometimes as leaders. And this is that situation where having a short memory can be really helpful. So oftentimes, you know, leaders are willing to voice their concerns and, well, this is what the problem is. But if you and the other person are not actively engaged in finding solutions, then in the end, you will not have changed anything. And before you know it, a week from now, two weeks from now, a month from now, you'll be right back in the prepare and plan stage again because you didn't actually take care of the problem with this employee whenever you were first talking to them, right? And let's face it, we have more important things to worry about than to always be planning and addressing issues with people. Like at some point in time, there, there's got to be some sort of, I don't want to say relaxation, but at least a positive workplace culture where you're not having to address these issues on a regular basis, right? So talk to them, ask them for their perspective, ask them what can be done differently, um, come up with solutions of your own, ask for them to give you some sort of solutions and really have that exchange of dialogue um, for what can be done to make things better or to make sure that, that the two of you don't encounter that obstacle again. Okay, that can be that can be really, really huge. And then the final step after, okay, cool. So, we, okay, here's what we're going to do. We've agreed upon it. Great meeting. Okay, thanks. Then as you as a leader, you want to make sure that you do send that follow-up email, you know, and before the meeting is over, you want to set a time for the two of you to talk again. So maybe in a week, you come back together and say, hey, I just wanted to see how things are going. Um, you know, was there anything that I missed? Was there anything that um, anything else you thought of that we need to talk about? So you want to make sure that you keep those lines of communication open. And you want to put some sort of timeline on when we're going to see a change in behavior. So you're going to agree to, you know, if you have a part in it, you're going to change your part by X date. And if they have a part of it, they're going to change their part by X date. But ultimately, you want to try to focus on solutions as much as possible. Once you've said everything that needs to be said, we just need to move forward because I don't care what industry you're in. Every industry is moving super fast. And if we're only focusing on the problems, we're not going to be able to move forward. So bottom line, difficult conversations, well, they're difficult. I mean, there's there's really no way around it, but they are necessary. And it's not easy to have these conversations, but it is 1000% worth it. And if you really want to thrive with your team or another colleague or, or you know, with your friends or with your spouse or, or whoever it might be that you're thinking about when you're like, oh man, I really need to talk to this person and you do what Rachel says, um, then having this conversation is key. Having this open dialogue is key. Communicating with them is, is key because ultimately if you care enough about the person, 
you will make the time to speak with them. And leadership is all about serving others. And you can't serve others if you're not, if you're not shaping them to be better themselves. So if you liked what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button to receive new content. You can find this content wherever you're listening to the sound of my voice. Please share it with another person in your circle who wants to improve their leadership. Take a screenshot, tag me in the screenshot, you know, do all the things. Also follow me on X and Twitter. Well, X and Twitter, same thing, but also particularly on Instagram um, with all the information for that is in the show notes. I do try to post positive and consistent content related to leadership that you can add to your tool belt because you just, you never know when you've got to pull it out, right? Never know when you've got to, to jump in and fix something. So take care of yourself, take care of your team. You are made to be a leader exactly where you're at. And I, I fully believe that you're capable of doing this. You have my hundred percent support, you know, message me if you do have questions or if something comes up, but you can 1000% do this. And until next time.